If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. We're not going to let ideology get in the way of, uh, of our focus, which is timely patient care. When that Calgary Cancer Center opens, I promise you that it will be fully staffed and you will not need a credit card to get in. Well, okay, so a lot of uh, rhetoric, a lot of at times overheated rhetoric when it comes to health care. Like certainly when you ask Albertans what their concerns are, what the biggest issues are, health care is in there. Maybe it's near the top. Maybe it's down a little bit. It's usually amongst, though, the top four or five issues that are on people's mind. And that's been the case for as long as I can remember. I can't really remember a time when people have said, no, well, you know what? Healthcare's great. Everything's fine. <laughs> Systems running smoothly. Uh, I'm very happy with how things are. Now, a lot of that's going to be shaped by your own experience in the healthcare system. And, and certainly there are those who do have a very positive experience in the system. Others, not so much. Whether it's wait times, whether it's quality of care, all of these kinds of things. So there are certainly problems with the healthcare system. So what, what does it need? What kind of a fix does the system need? And does that involve any degree of private delivery or privatization? I mean, that's, that's a scary word in the healthcare debate, or at least politicians want it to be. Now, Jason Kenney uh, last month signed what he said was a public health guarantee. They're not going to privatize the system, he says. As you heard Rachel Notley, though, sounds to her like they certainly are going to privatize the system. You're going to need a credit card to use the new cancer center if we're not careful. All right. So I want to try to, to cut through some of that political rhetoric and talk about the state of healthcare in Alberta. What are the concerns with regard to wait times and other issues? And what are the possible prescriptions? What do we need to fix healthcare? What kind of reform does the system need? Joining us for some thoughts on all of that, very pleased to welcome the program this afternoon, uh, Bacchus Barua. He is Associate Director of the Center of Health Policy Studies at the Fraser Institute, fraserinstitute.org. Bacchus, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Right. Well, in terms of the state of health care in Alberta, I know wait times is certainly one way that we measure how well the system is doing. It's something that, that you keep a close eye on. What is the state of wait times in health care in Alberta right now? Well, I'd say very simply put, Alberta's story is very much Canada's story. Um, Alberta's healthcare system is incredibly expensive, um, and yet in terms of performance, I'd say it's it's essentially mediocre in terms of um, the metrics, both within the country and then if you look at Canada as a whole, how Canada compares to other countries with the universal healthcare. Uh, at present, Canada, um, Alberta is actually uh, the highest spender per capita after adjusting for the age of its population. Uh, without adjusting, it's it's the second highest, um, but yet we don't really see that translate very 
very much in terms of the number of physicians, nurses, MRI and CT scanners is essentially in the middle of the pack. And in terms of wait times, um, the wait time that we recorded last year between referral to treatment was 26.1 weeks, um, which again is middle of the pack for Canada, but Canada itself has very, very long wait times. So um, similar story, very, very high spender, uh, but we're not really seeing that money translate into the sort of performance we'd expect. Right. It's, I mean, it speaks to efficiency. That We're not really maximizing the value of the dollars we spend on health care. Does, does that speak to the way in which we administer health care, the way the system is designed? Well, it's really about how health care is, is structured in Canada and, and how the Canada Health Act makes provinces make certain choices, uh, which are not necessarily uh, in the best interest of patients. Uh, when we look at Canada's healthcare system compared to other universal healthcare systems, and I should mention that there are many other universal healthcare systems around the world. At the last count, it was at least 27 other universal healthcare systems. Um, they do universal healthcare very differently. Um, and in many cases, a lot of the countries actually have much shorter wait times. If we look at countries like Switzerland, Sweden, France, the Netherlands, Germany, Australia, uh, they all have universal healthcare. They're all spending about the same amount, but they don't see the long wait times that we routinely see Canada. It's about the way healthcare is structured over here um, that leads to the sort of rationing of services that um, that patients are used to, most often uh, manifested in the wait times that they're forced to endure. Yeah, so you make an interesting point because we talk about universal health care or single-payer single health care. That's not necessarily the same thing as public health care or 100% public health care. We kind of conflate the two, but... Single-payer health care, universal health care can allow then for some, some private delivery, right? It's, it's, it's not a contradiction. Oh, absolutely. Um, if you look at if you look at countries, you know, Switzerland's a, a fantastic example. Uh, it spends a little bit more as a percentage of its GDP, um, but you know, in general, it's it's within the same group of Canada in terms of high spenders. Uh, but they actually have a have a system where they provide universal health care through a mandated private insurance plan. There is no actual public insurer. Um, the private insurers uh, compete with each other. Um, uh, patients are able to uh, to choose the provider of their choice. Um, there's risk pooling to ensure that um, the private providers uh, cannot discriminate based on pre-existing conditions. Um, they have a, a really interesting network of, of uh, public and private hospitals um, that patients can, can access um, through regardless of which, um, which insurer they have. Um, they have a deep integrated system of co-payments and cost sharing. Uh, and this is actually very similar to, to countries like the Netherlands. The Netherlands actually has a very similar system, except it also has a public insurer. Um, Australia has a system that's you know, more similar to Canada's, where you have, uh, where you have a, a, a national tax-funded system, but you Patients are able to also get um, uh, duplicate of private insurance, and importantly, you can access you know public or private hospitals um, uh, regardless of what sort of insurance you have. Uh, in many cases, um, these countries understand that. These are tools to deliver on the promise of universal health care. Uh, the goal for these countries is not uh, necessarily a public single-payer system, but the goal is usually to provide universal access to care, regardless of ability to pay, using the best tools, whether public or private, co-payments, activity-based funding at their disposal. Right. I think the, the, maybe the thing people fear the most, and it's certainly something that politicians play to, is, is the idea of health care bills, that you're going to get sick, you're going to need treatment, and you're going to be stuck with massive bills afterward. But, but allowing for private delivery within a universal health care system, does that necessarily translate into people having to, to bear those big costs? 
Not at all. You know, all, all of these countries are, are after the same goal. They're, they're after ensuring that, that individuals have this universal access to care regardless of ability to pay. Um, and, you know, when there are co-payments in most of these systems, uh, there are always exemptions for financially vulnerable populations or high users of medical care. There are caps on the co-payments so that it's never a financial burden, which are uh, sort of um, uh, pegged, to, pegged to income levels. Um, and in fact, you know, we even have examples close at home. Um, Saskatchewan is a fantastic example um, of a province that went from having uh, the longest wait time, I think, in about 2008 uh, in Canada, uh, to actually currently having the shortest wait times in Canada. Um, it did a it did a number of remarkable things during the time, uh, including pool patient referrals, um, which I can you know talk about a little bit more. But one of the other things that it did is it did actually partner with third party private clinics, um, and it did it within the universal healthcare system. And essentially, from the patient's perspective, there's no different. It's just the government was able to to massively expand capacity. Um, and in fact, the, the third-party private providers were actually able to deliver the services at a lower cost per procedure. Um, so, you know, there are a number of different ways and a number of different steps that um, that provinces uh, that um, provinces within Canada can take, either within the Canada Health Act. Uh, but I think, you know, overall, we need to start thinking about um, about universal healthcare differently. It doesn't necessitate a government healthcare system. It doesn't necessitate a single-payer system. Um, and, and people need to, I think, focus a lot more on the goal, which is ensuring that patients have timely access to care regardless of ability to pay, um, rather than some ideological notion of simply a public or single government healthcare system. Yeah. So when we talk about reform, and, and I mean, it can be difficult at times, I think, for politicians to talk about reform because of how politicized it can become. But I mean, first of all, what, what would be the, the goal or the objective of, of healthcare reform? Well, I think it's it's first recognizing the problem. You know, we have we have a lot of money being spent into the system, but it's not translating into the sort of services we'd expect. We have patients who are waiting for treatment um, and are not getting it in a timely fashion. And we have we have physicians sometimes who are willing to provide that treatment, um, but there are things within the system that's preventing them from do it doing it. So I think you know, essentially for everyone, whether it's policymakers, whether it's average Canadians, uh, we all want a better healthcare system that is able to deliver timely healthcare. And we want a system where, where patients don't routinely have to wait 26.1 weeks um, for, for treatment and sometimes much longer than that. Um, and, and, and we have a lot of different tools at our disposal. Um, you know, if we have that as a goal, we can think about, and these are all based on, on other countries and, and indeed uh, within Canada um, that, that have universal health care and employ these reforms. Um, they can expand capacity by contracting to private clinics. They can uh, create a centralized registry and pool referrals that is completely within the, the Canada Health Act. Um, you, can, you can fund hospitals based on activity that incentivizes hospitals to actually treat patients rather than seeing them as a cost. Um, you can look at dual practice for physicians so that physicians aren't forced to choose between public and private and they can practice in both and utilize their skills um, at most efficiently. Um, you can look at cost sharing. That's the only thing that's actually, um, you know, really quite restricted by, by the Canada Health Act, which is a pity because most other countries recognize that cost sharing is an integral part of universal health care rather than something that's antithetical. It helps people understand that these are scarce resources to be used responsibly while still ensuring that the financially vulnerable uh, populations are being protected. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because Alberta does, to some extent, privatize, or not privatize, but they contract out uh, surgeries to private clinics, that if we have doctors, if we have facilities that are able to do certain procedures to incorporate that into the public system, I mean, it's something we do already. Does it make sense then that we would look at ways of expanding that? 
Well, there, there, I know that Alberta does it in some ways, but there are a number of limitations on what those clinics, clinics can actually do. Um, you know, for example, um, there, there are uh, limiting definitions on what types of surgeries there are. Uh, there are limiting definitions about um, overnight stays at those at those clinics. There are limiting definitions about uh, what they can and cannot do if they're sharing the cost with with the public system. Um, and I think it creates a lot of confusion and a lot of gray areas over there. Um, Saskatchewan gave you a nice, very, very clear example of. If you are going to do this, how do you actually go about it um, without any conflict with, with the Canada Health Act? Um, and other countries show you the way, you know, I think that would be 10, 20 years ahead um, when, when we finally um, shift away from thinking about government uh, healthcare systems and start to think about patient, uh, uh, healthcare systems that are focused on patients. Very important points. Uh, we'll leave it there. Much more at FraserInstitute.org. Bacchus, appreciate the insight and thanks for joining us here this afternoon. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me on the show. All right, there you go. That's uh, Bar- uh, Bacchus Barua. He is uh, Associate Director of the Center for Health Policy Studies at the Fraser Institute. So some food for thought as you hear health care discussed on the campaign trail. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.